You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 30th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Today I have an incredibly special guest, my friend and colleague, Dr. Terry Winfrey. Terry has accomplished much in her life, not the least of which was following the path from being a student at a community college to becoming the first woman president of that same college. I'm thrilled to have her on the show to talk about some nuggets of what she's learned about being a leader. Thanks for being here, Terry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I thought maybe we could start with a little background. Do you want to tell us how you got to be the president of Prairie State College? Uh, I don't think we have that long. (laughs) My career was a little bit of a different career, kind of an unusual path. I actually started at Prairie State College as a student. I was a business owner, and I was what we classify as a returning adult student, which means you're a little bit more senior than the traditional 18-year-old college student. And I went to the college to learn how to computerize the restaurant, which was the business that I was an owner at. And after that, I just started doing work for them at the college. And one thing led to another, and I took on an administrative role when they opened a new campus. And then after that, went the route of a dean and then a vice president eventually after several years. And then after six years of being vice president, I was successful in my attempt at becoming the college president. So it wasn't something that I always grew up saying, I want to be a college president. So it wasn't something that I grew up saying I was going to become a college president. I actually didn't know much about college. I was the first one in my family to even attend college. So it wasn't the anticipated route that my life would take, but it was a a journey that I enjoyed nonetheless and still enjoy because I'm still working in education. That's great. Can you tell me what were some of the high points of being a leader? What do you like about being the boss, if you will? I mean, you're the one where the responsibility really ends with you. What is that like for you and what do you like about it? Well, now that that's behind me from a college perspective, being a college president, what you like is commencement day when you hand the diploma to the students and you see that you've been a little part of their journey watching the students, seeing the student leaders, seeing the faculty make a difference, and just seeing the people that, I mean, college changes everything. When someone gets a degree, it opens up many doors that didn't remain open to them before. So I think that's the best part of it. It's very rewarding in that manner. And I still hear from students who graduated with their associate's degree with us and then moved on And I hear from them about their successes when they get their bachelor's degree, when our nursing students pass their NCLEX exam. It's so exciting. And I follow many of them on social media and many would just stop back and visit us. And then you see their success. And so that's a fabulous part of being an administrator at a college level. So I wonder how that would translate into the business world. What I've heard you say is what you liked was being able to develop new leadership with your student leaders and even with faculty and watching the growth of the students that you serve. So maybe your customers, but maybe your frontline employees. Is that something that you took an active role in? Yes, definitely. In fact, when I first started exploring Well, I shouldn't say my first. Well, yeah, the first time I was doing the John Maxwell, 
it was probably back in around 2000, maybe even the late 90s, and I did a lot of workshops at conferences. So the administrators, like the Illinois Community College administrators, had an annual conference, and I would do breakout sessions. And there were people that would attend those sessions because they were like looking for their next steps in leadership. So I used it in that respect. And then Fast forward to just a few years ago, I brought the John Maxwell program into Prairie State College to do like lunch and learns so that our staff would be able to develop themselves as leaders. In fact, there's one workshop that is developing the leader within you. And we took that curriculum and have that as a workshop that students, uh, excuse me, employees could become students and participate in. Even when I go back to my years of being self-employed and in business the first time around, in a restaurant, you have kids that come to work, bus girls, bus boys, and then you watch them as they grow up and they will tell you, and I can tell you myself, that the years of restaurant business really taught me customer service. And so I am still friends with some of those people as well. And it's fun to watch those at the time they were kids and see them as they've all grown into adults now as well. So it seems to me like you love the people part of leadership. You love developing your people and staying in contact and probably even developing friendships with some of them. Absolutely. What are some of the things that were challenging for you? Well, there's actually lots of challenges. (laughs) I don't say I strive on the challenges, but I look with positivity at all challenges as how these are learning opportunities. How can we take the challenge and I walk right into it. I will walk right into a difficult situation and just firmly believe that together, because you don't go into a situation generally by yourself, people are affected when you have a challenge, a crisis. For instance, during my time as being a president, we had a two-year budget impasse in the state of Illinois. And it's pretty difficult when a community college that's supposed to get one-third from the state of Illinois didn't get anything for a couple of years. So uh, it's tough, but you find ways to make it work. And I think the most important thing for the leader is that when you're in an organization like that, In any organization, you just size it right, but people need to hear from you. You need to communicate with them in a regular, continual time frame so they know what to expect. Because in that example, when we had the budget impasse, people were fearful for their jobs. They were fearful of programs, students, you know, how do we support students? So you need to keep people involved and engaged and continually communicate with them so they know. And if you, as a leader, I always say when you have that communication, even if nothing has changed, I believe that on a regular basis, say if it's as an example, every day at two o'clock, you send an email out okay, I haven't learned anything different since yesterday, but I wanted you to know we're still working on things. I think that kind of communication is important. So what I heard from you is courage to face the hard things. You don't run away from them. You go after them. You view challenges as opportunities, and you believe in honesty, transparency, and regular open communication as a leader. Yes, and I think it's important that people know that you're real. And I think getting the perspective of other people, because to me, something that I might not see as a big problem, I realize that others might see it as a tragedy. 
So I think that the perspective taking, listening to other people on how something affects them, because it may not affect me, in fact, it most generally would not affect me the same way as it would you. We each have our own lenses that we see life through. So it's important to make sure that you listen to people and find out what their needs are. I think that's great advice for anybody in a leadership position, whether it's at a college or not. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What attracted you most to John Maxwell? Well, I like his style. It's broad. So there's lots of different information that he has and he's got the different laws that you could follow. So he's got different basic laws and he talks about what a leader is, is that a a leader is anyone who can influence someone. So you could be a leader in your family, a leader in your church, a leader in a small group, a leader in a large group, but it actually allows anyone and everyone to learn about how to develop their leadership skills and it's from my perspective it's one that will even allow if the setting is correct my past with a public institution it was not allowable but to add a faith-based level to it if you want to do that and some of the people that I'm working with as a coach we have that piece added to it as well excellent so can you tell me that's a nice transition into what you're doing now Tell me about the coaching that you're doing and who's your ideal client. What are you looking to expand in your life right now? Well, it's kind of interesting because originally I thought I would focus on administrators in higher ed, but as it's turned out, (laughs) I've got some different groups, totally different groups. I've been doing a little bit of work with a group from a pharmacy world. And then I've got someone who is a small business owner, a very small business owner who has going through some really difficult times with COVID. How do you transition that business from being the model it was so that you can survive during times like going through COVID? And then I do have a whole group of educational people that I'm working with, but ironically, it's teachers and many of them are teaching grade school, K-12, elementary, middle school, and working with them on how to stay positive and be able to communicate with students in this distance mode the way we're doing now and the uncertainty the panic of how do you flip your whole entire life if you were trying to teach music (laughs) to third graders (laughs) and now all of a sudden they're at home how do you keep those students engaged you're working from home so it's been interesting the different groups that i've had and In the end of the day, people are all human. So it doesn't really matter what they're leading or who they're leading or how they're leading. They're human beings. And we right now are in something that I wouldn't say it's unprecedented, but it's a challenge and it's different for all of us. So Terry, if you had someone coming to you that was a brand new leader in a business and they were looking to you for coaching on how to lead, what's some advice that you might give? Well, if it's a brand new business, I would draw probably on my entrepreneur skills from my years of being in the restaurant business. That was seven years. And I also taught entrepreneurship for several years. So I would look at, first of all, what's your marketing plan? What's your business plan? Start with the business plan. And then what's your marketing plan? And then what's your strategy? I think that the biggest success from people are people who are good planners. You have to have designing and thinking about future and planning things. You can't just 
open your doors for a business and expect that it's going to grow. When people don't plan appropriately, then all of a sudden they're at a time of growth. You could be doing a great job with your business and then all of a sudden it's time to grow and you start needing to hire people. But then if you wait and you haven't planned appropriately, sometimes you're too busy. So you bring on a new person and you don't have the time to train them. That's why it's important to plan. And, and I think planning in the beginning is always so much better than waiting until you're in the need of it. That's great advice that I could have used when I opened my business. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I tend to be the person that just takes things pretty much one day at a time. What's the next thing in front of me and move on to that. So planning, I certainly understand the value of it. I just haven't always put the time into it. So maybe I should hire you for a coach. Sure. I think we should coach each other. <laughs> well, and that's one thing that I've learned is that all coaches or most coaches do have coaches because you have to, and you know this, I would be preaching to the choir to talk to you because sometimes it's difficult. Coaching is different than mentoring. Coaching is different than just giving advice. A lot of times you're working with people. I mentioned some pharmacy people. I've never been in the pharmacy business. They're the experts. My role is to try to ask questions, to tease them so that they know the answers are within themselves and then they find those answers of what's best for them. Right. That is the interesting thing about coaching is that you have to walk this line between being a counselor, which would be trying to help solve the problems or being a consultant, which would give the answers. And mm -hmm. in coaching, you're right. It's almost always asking questions. There may be times where you give some information, but most of the mm -hmm. time it's asking questions and guiding people to mm -hmm. find their own solutions, which I think is a much higher order skill. It's really easy to just tell people what to do, but <laughs> <laughs> that whether or not they do it, that's another question, right? It's right. through the questioning process that people learn what's best for them, like you say, so they're more invested in the solution. I really love coaching. Yeah, and I think what has happened so far for me, and I'm fairly new in the world of, uh, to call it coaching, I've been mostly more in a mentoring role. That's how it's turned out for me. It just tends to work that way. And because, as I mentioned, I started out thinking I was going to be working with new presidents of colleges, new vice presidents, perhaps, to help them. But that hasn't actually come to fruition. I just naturally, the way it's worked out, when people have reached out to me, we've started a relationship. And so I think it's being flexible because you can tell what they need when they come out and ask you then, all right, well, if you really want some advice or recommendations or, you know, one person, it's like she's getting ready to make a huge proposal for an organization and she just wanted me to walk her through it and look at what she had written and give her some advice on it. So it's what the people need from you is what I'm trying to provide. Great. So one of the words you used in what you just said was relationship. How mm -hmm. important and critical do you think a relationship is in leadership? And who should your relationship be with? Well, I'm a huge relationship person. In fact, I think that trust is built from relationships. And again, my situation of being a president of a college is a bit unusual because I was there for 25 years. When I started there and I started part-time, 
and I started working on projects and then I was tutoring and then I was teaching part-time and then I was hired full-time to open the new facility that they were opening and people watched me grow and there are people that were there when I started and when I left 25 years later there were some people that were still there so it definitely built a relationship with them and so there was a trust level not only was it a trust level, I think it was also that it made them realize that there's opportunities here. If we work hard, and you know, in my case, I continued my education throughout almost all of that time because I continued on to get my master's degree and then I continued on for my PhD. So you can't always go uphill in a career like that without continuing the education. But I think it offered people to see me and see how hard I worked, which I think in the end helped to build a relationship. And I've always tried to connect people as well. And I think that's one of the things a good leader is because it's always people first, right? It's not about me, it's about you. And how, when I meet someone, how can I listen to them and hear what they're working on, hear what their needs are, hear what their goals are, and then how to help them to succeed. And by putting them first, I think that always lends a level of trust and that they trust me. And then that continues the relationship. Funny that you mentioned connecting because in all the years I've known you, and it's been probably about 15 years now, maybe a little more, the one thing, I could say a lot of things about you. I love your generosity, your positivity, but one of the things that I could also say is you are a connector. I've seen you do it with me multiple times, and I've seen you do it with other people. When you talk to people around the south suburbs of Chicago, almost everybody knows Terry Winfrey, and they can share stories about how, gosh, I would never have met this person if it wasn't for Terry, and that person helped me do X, Y, and Z. Oh, thank you. So it's a really wonderful trait that you have and gift. And I think it's more than trust that that builds in people. I think it builds in people a desire to also want to help you. I think you prioritize other people's success on the way to achieving your own, which is a beautiful synergy. And I think it's something that our listeners might be able to take from this. If that is an ability that they have, if you know a lot of people and you find out what they want and you can help connect other people who may be able to give that person or help that person on the way get what they want, that puts you in a really awesome position. But at the same time, I don't think that's why you do it. It's not like Terry says, oh, let me connect these two people so that later they'll owe me a favor. I never, <laughs> never get that impression from you, but that's what ends up happening. It's that law of reciprocity, that give and take. And I've seen it in your life multiple times on both sides. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Thanks. I definitely enjoy that. I enjoy connecting people. And sometimes it's like, you think this is going to be good two people to connect or a group of three to connect. And then when you do bring them together and then you see it, it's almost like a proud parent time. You know, that moment of, yay, this is good. I see this. This is going to work. It's going to help them. And then they all benefit from it. So I love to see that. I love to see that success. And one happened just recently in the recent weeks. And one of the people I work with is a standing Friday call. And she said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this has been so helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all I did was connect them. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the ability to provide what I thought someone else could. And so when I brought the other person in, it was just like magic watching it. And so that's great. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's a great thing for anyone to do. 
but leaders especially, because they have a bird's eye view of what people are doing. And it speaks to how you need to know your people to be able to connect them. It's taking an interest and finding out what people are like. The other thing that I heard in what you said was about continual development. And so you became the president of Prairie State College, but you never stopped learning. You were taking workshops, you were building your skills, you were always looking at how can I get better? Would you say that that's an important thing for a leader to do? Absolutely. Um, You have to continually learn. When we first had the pandemic, I think I went into overload probably with professional development, listening to audiobooks, watching uh, webinars and online summits and learning everything that I could to make myself grow. Because when you have opportunities to grow, um, I think that's important. And the other thing that I continually do, and I know you've witnessed this, but I take a few weeks every year between New Year's and then the beginning of the college semester, and I plan, it's like Terry's life plan, what's happening, what are my personal goals, my professional goals, my Christian goals. So I have different categories, and I really work through and really work on it and continually look at what I want it to be. Not so much that it's like not where it becomes rigid because it's certainly fluid. And I go back and look at what I wrote in January of this year. And my gosh, it's completely different than what I thought it was going to be because there's been some major changes, but changes for the positive. I go back to that planning. I think that's an important thing. And writing things down is important for me. I can't just have it and noodle it around in my head. I have to really write things out for me. That makes it easier to follow, look back on and reflect on. And I read through my gratitude list regularly to think of the things that I'm grateful for. And then I change that too. I add to that regularly. Awesome. I think the last question I want to ask you is about how you stay so positive. It's one of the things that I see you going through storms and you have a smile on your face. It's like you have some kind of secret weapon or something that keeps you very positive. Can you share a little bit about what that is? You know, I believe now I can say clearly that my positivity is based on my faith, my Christian values. But I have to say, it's interesting because I think I've come into my faith more strong in the more recent years, but I have always been positive. So, you know, I can remember when my kids were little, they're now 32 and 33. And when they were young, it was always, I tried to teach and instill in them the positive way at looking at everything. So I've always had that. And it's just, I believe in how you look at things, you know, what you focus on is going to exaggerate. If you're going to focus on something, thoughts become things. You know, you can look at it and look at it in a positive way. And I'm not going to ever say that I never get upset about something because there are things that hurt, you know, going through cancer. I believe now was a gift. Last year, having a diagnosis of cancer, it was fearful, but it also taught me so very much. It made me realize that to reprioritize some things and that if I took care of my health, that I could get through just about anything. Again, it's my Christian faith, but it's also just belief that what you believe in and what you focus on is what's going to grow or become what's going to happen. If you focus on fear and negativity, then that's what's going to happen. And that's just something I don't allow myself to do. Try not to. Wow, what great advice is that? Thank you for that. 
Is there anything you'd like to add in closing for people who are leaders or aspiring leaders that we didn't get to talk about? I think just remember that, I think it was Albert Einstein that said, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. So I guess I would leave you with that because there are times when you think there's nothing positive that's going to happen. But if you look at it all as an opportunity, as an example right now, taking this time, you know, I'm working with all these teachers for them to learn different ways to be creative, to reach their students, for a business person to look at how they some of them pivot, some of them do a 90, I mean, sometimes it's more than a pivot, but to take this time to learn something new, a new opportunity of how you can make your business a success, just focusing on that and remembering that in the middle of the difficulty lies opportunity and it's how you use that opportunity that's going to make the difference for your future. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Terry. Sure. You've given us a lot of nuggets to think about. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for joining this week. I hope you enjoyed meeting Terry because she's our latest addition to the Alliance of Chicago Trainers, a diverse group of speakers and trainers ready to bring what you need to your in-person, virtual, or online staff development or community events. You can check us out at www.allianceofchicagotrainers.com. I hope you'll tune in next week when I'll be talking about qualities, traits, and behaviors of an empowered leader. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe.